Welcome to the Red, White, and Blue Flags F1 Podcast. I'm Ryan Vasquez. And I'm Stephen McNally. And on today's show, we'll break down the British Grand Prix. A new contender has entered the battle as McLaren shows up with a rocket ship. We'll talk about whose stock is on the rise and whose stock is a sell now. And as always, we'll revisit our bold predictions and in some instances, bolder than others. <laughs> uh, what, what, what did Matt Damon say about fortune favoring the bold before FTX went down in flames? Oh yeah, that's very terrible. Uh, you know, uh, I think they keep tracking how bad crypto has hit and what's happened to all these crypto companies ever since that aired. Um, and it's just quite remarkable and stark. I do own crypto, Steve. I don't know if you do. Um, because I, I'm in a decent state with some of my crypto. I'm still up in my crypto. Uh, but I don't invest all of my life savings in it. Uh, but I did see Tom Brady lost $30 million in FTX stocks. So, you know, some people can afford it and some people can't. I can't afford to lose $30 mil. Uh, that aside, some people who might be able to lose uh, uh, afford to lose thirty mil is probably like Max Verstappen the way he keeps winning. But um, <laughs> maybe these McLaren folks uh, all of a sudden now that they're money, Steve. Uh, I think it's uh, quite interesting uh, to see. You know, well, uh, Chrome so, is the new gold. I'm guessing. Yeah, and everyone gave him such a hard time for not putting up so much Chrome. But I mean. Uh, not just Lando, because everyone talks about if Lando, you know, even we heading into the weekend, Max kind of foreshadowed this. Lando in a good car is as good as any driver out there. Lando would be winning a lot more races, blah, 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 blah. But he's not wrong. I mean, we, we, we've always kind of heard the promise of Lando. We've seen some flashes. But it's not really, I wouldn't always blame it on Lando not quite hitting it. He's made a few mistakes here and there, missing out on opportunities. But it's because he has to live on the margins with this McLaren that hasn't quite been there. But here we are, not just him, but the rookie having a hell of a day. And, I, and while I'm happy, it gave me a point, cause, uh, and we'll get to that later, because Lewis finished on the podium, and I'm a, a Lewis fan, and I always like to see him do well, uh, especially a Brit in Britain. Um, Oscar, what a shame. I, I would have loved to have seen him podium in that race, get his first podium. Yeah, um, and you know, it, it's important to point out that while this was – McLaren's upgrade race, you know, they were just, you know, had some of the upgrades last week and, you know, Lando had the, uh, the opportunity to benefit from it and have a really strong showing, uh, brought some more this race and Oscar didn't have the full complement of upgrades. So right up there, the same pace with Lando was attacking Max for the first couple laps was in prime position to benefit from it before, you know, the, the one safety car we've been looking for the past couple races finally reared its head, kind of caught him out, you know, unfortunately just, uh, you know, you wait that long to the race when you pit, you hope that the safety car doesn't come out right after you pit. Sure enough, it does. You know, we'll talk about who that affected, but, uh, you know, McLaren just, I, I don't want to say out of nowhere because they, they've been talking it up, and, and sometimes that can be, you know, smoke-blowing, but it seemed to be legit. And all, all this time we were waiting for Mercedes to be back, but it seems like McLaren is back. Uh, this was uh, them beating them to the punch with their own engine. And, you know, their, their best result since Monza 2021 when they had a 1-2 with uh, Danny winning and their best British Grand Prix since 1999. And delivered two Brits to the podium, which was nice. I think the first time in a while. I can't remember the exact date. They kept throwing it out there. I don't remember. I can't pull it from my my brain now. And then, not for nothing, George Russell in fifth. So you, you had three of the top five at this race, all British. So very and, nice. And, and, and one and one colonial in the top four. <laughs> and one colonial in the top four. And uh, yeah, there's a little bit of like. Uh, anti-Australian cheering from I think some of the commentators like any time a Brit's beating an Aussie it's great but um, especially with the uh, the ashes having just taken place right uh, so th- you know very interesting race again it's one of those races where you're like if Max wasn't racing this season how much more enjoyable would this race or outcome have been oh to have um, a Lando versus Lewis fight for the win after a safety car in a, in a 14 lap shootout I the place would have erupted Right, and you know, uh, Oscar would have snuck in there uh, on the podium, and 
Uh, it would have been a hell of a day for McLaren, uh, probably a first and a third. But, you know, what was interesting to me, Steve, we were talking about some pit strategy, right? Uh, we won't go to, like, the the ones particular just yet, but the one thing that stood out to me, I know kind of Lando called it out post-race about going to the hards, but I, I don't know what he would have rather have had. I don't think he could have tracked down Max, and he held off Lewis, and, you know, Lewis burned out his... Uh, his tires early and we kept hearing over the radio I ain't got nothing man these tires are done so like he, he didn't have to like fend him off to the end on tires it took a little while I know it was a little scary but what if Lando burned out his tires doing the same thing and then who knows how the car performs right so yeah I, I mean what, watching it you're thinking like oh my god McLaren just pulled a Ferrari what are they doing putting hards on when everyone else is going to be on you know even if it's used offs it's still a faster tire I think, you know, Lando's concern certainly in the moment is, you know, the hard tires take a while to heat up. I'm I'm going to be under severe pressure right at the beginning. And and he was. It, it, there was a couple laps side by side. Lando had unbelievable defensive instincts, clean, fair, uh, fighting, placing his car exactly where it needs to be, not getting or not letting Lewis getting you know, runs out of certain slow speed corners to set himself up for a pass. And yeah, ultimately he fell away a little bit because I, you know, tires were used, they're falling off a little bit. And at that point, it's, it's more important to hold on to third than it is to continue to try to fight for second. I think Lando just would have liked to have the ability to feel a little bit safer. Yeah. I didn't hear Oscar really complain about the call too much. Um, and, and, you know, he got put on the same set of tires. Um, obviously, he pit before the safety car, so that, that's one thing. But, you know, I, I think from Lando's point of view, it's like you're kind of hanging me out to dry. And even if you would have put me on used softs, at least it would have been a fair fight with Lewis. Like if his tires are going off or if my tires are going off, like his are off also. But at least I have the track position. I was able to, to fight it at the beginning. I mean, fair. I mean, it, it it's it worked out. So it's. I mean, it's one of those things. You know, you you make a call, like you go for it on fourth down, you get the touchdown, you win the game. No one says anything, but you don't get it. Everyone says you're an idiot, right? Um, so in this instance, it worked out. They wanted to have the reliability of the tire, and they felt like it would put them in a better position. You know, talking about something that was not in somebody's hands, uh, Piastri, right? The the unfortunateness about him. He probably deserved to be third right um the way he drove uh it was the way the uh the safety car happened for him and how he got caught in a situation that was not beneficial to him that forced him down to fourth because lewis benefited and then after that he just missed out on the opportunity which is it is what it is but um an unfortunate day for the rookie but i don't think he'll you know, look too hard and long at the fact that he had his highest position, his his highest finish, um, on the grid and such a, a young career. Yeah, I mean, he pit on lap twenty nine. I think the safety car came out on lap thirty one. So it painfully, painfully close. You know, uh, George Russell kind of ended up with the same thing. He he pitted on lap twenty nine. He had an extra long stint on soft tires that he started the race with. And just unfortunate timing. He was in front of Lewis. Um, he pitted one on mediums, and he was, you know, uh, he one he jumped, you know, Leclerc in in the pit um, cycle, and then he was chasing down other cars with really good pace. And by the time Lewis pit, he was going to be in front of Lewis. Also, he was in prime position to pick up a third or fourth, and just because he pitted a couple laps too early, Lewis had stayed out kind of like extending the stint. Maybe the safety car will come and, you know, Kevin Magnuson provided <laughs> and, you know, ha- got the opportunity to take advantage, had the free pit stop. So, um, but I, I think, like you said, Oscar's got nothing but positives to take away from the race. And I think he's looking forward to one, you know, the rest of the year, obviously, uh, but you know, two there there was at least outside the track some dark clouds 
chasing him around over this year. Obviously, he replaced a very popular driver um, in Daniel Ricardo, and I think and his some countrymen too. I, yeah, I, I don't know fa- if that gets factored in enough when they talk about that. It's that an Aussie is replacing an Aussie in that car. And one of the most popular Australian driver, if not the most popular Australian, yeah, with driver. an Australian agent, right. um, you know, and that he he kind of stayed in the background a little bit at even at his home Grand Prix, didn't do a lot of press because it was, you know, a, a, a tenuous situation. I feel like this gives him a, an extra boost and opportunity and um, you know some self confidence that. He can come in to his own, come out of a shell, whatever you want to say about it. That you know, this this was a drive on merit. This wasn't luck. If anything, he was unlucky, and I think he should be, you know, proud proud to be in the seat. And he doesn't have to, you know, look look over his shoulder anymore at at the Spectre or Daniel Ricardo or Daniel Ricardo supporters. So I I think that'll be great for him going forward. Yeah, and um. It's it's just something that we will, you know, hopefully see. I think it was interesting. There's a lot of talk out there. Uh, it's funny. We thought Logan Sargent would be on the hot seat because we were hearing Mick, hearing Mick, hearing Mick. And, you know, he's been doing better, I think. Uh, that Williams car has done better. As the Williams car has done better, so has he. And... You know, Nick DeVries, who had a lot of, like, beat your chest kind of, like, look at me kind of stuff going in. And he's going in on a team where he could theoretically establish himself against someone like Yuki. Uh, might find himself losing the seat. You know, Steve, just, you wonder, there's a lot of people who had some, there are a lot of teams that had some bad days on uh, at the British Grand Prix. You just wonder who had the worst, right? Right. Um, and... I, you know, we'll stay away from the lower tier teams, but I'm having a hard time trying to figure out if Aston Martin or um, Ferrari had the worst day yesterday. Well, you know, it it seems like every week, you know, with Red Bull doing their thing and being absolutely clear of everyone, uh, you know, you Max talked about after the race, like, who's the next best team and it changes week to week you know this week it, it was mclaren last week you would have said it was ferrari the week before you would have said mclaren the the first you know six seven races of the season you would have said aston martin uh, you know uh alpine ended up with a strong showing in monaco so it, it and now you're not going to be able to count out williams if their car is going to be this strong um, and, you know, Sargent's not being a slouch in that second seat. So if they have two drivers that are competitive, um, yeah, there, there's not a clear cut second or third team right now. Uh, but but like, like you said, we're, we're, we're talking about, you know, Ferrari having, uh, it, you know, uh, glimmers of hope last week with, with a very strong showing in Austria. And, you know, Charles getting on the podium, Carlos, you know, unfortunately falling back with some penalties. But, you know, they started this race fourth and fifth. Uh, And, I mean, Carlos looked like he was just trying to race to the back at some point in the race. He just loses. He lost like four or five positions, just guys passing him. And then, you know. But, you know, Carlos was, you know, one of those guys who got caught by the safety car. You know, he 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 pitted early, went on to hards uh, before the safety car came out. But when when it came out, they didn't pit him again on a better tire, on a faster tire. So when it started again, he just yeah, it was like somebody falling down a ladder. He lost three positions in one lap. Uh, you know, it was Perez and Alba and then Leclerc and then Gasly passes him a lap later. It was uh, seemingly just you know, one-way ticket down to the bottom of the grid. If you do average finish, um, Aston Martin uh, average finish was uh, 10.5. If you look at Ferrari, it's 
nine and a half. And if you look at Williams, it's nine and a half. I mean, points are points. Average finish is another thing. But obviously, if you just look at points, it always benefits the people who points and doesn't really, it equals out for everyone below, no matter where you finish. You could finish 20th or 11th and it makes no difference on points. That's why I like to do average finish because it, it neutralizes a little bit. Um, so, I mean, you know, eh, you could say Aston Martin. It's not Fernando's fault. I mean, seventh, it's the best that, drive, that, that, that car could do. But it's Lance Stroll down in 14, and theoretically the same car as Fernando, who had a lot of success this year. And again, you never hear him on the hot seat. That feel like that car no. should be <laughs> performing better. I know, but I'm just I, we know why we don't hear it, right? Because Daddy owns the team. But you know, Lance has been in this for a while now. He's not a young driver. You start considering him a part of the same generation if you will as the max and the landos and the carloses that middle tier uh if you will the the next gen and you haven't really seen him take advantage of what theoretically should be a really good aston martin team this year barring the last uh bit of loss of of performance i, I hope they've got another round of upgrades in them that will bring them back to where they are they were but he hasn't really done much with this supposedly good car this year right i mean i obviously finishing you know 14th when you're you know your teammates finishing seventh you know is, is bad enough and you know the the qualifying position but you know he also goes and you know picks up a penalty in the race too taking gasly out uh cutting the corner running to the side of him breaking his uh rear suspension and then he's out and he picks up a penalty when i i he got lucky to only get five seconds when you take out another driver on, on a you know uh, hardly a 50 50 move this is you know uh, i wouldn't say dangerous because it's a slower speed corner but it's terrible driving standards like 10 seconds should be kind of more in the realm of what he should have gotten and he would have been further down uh, but yeah i it, it shows all the more reason why you you have to make hay when the sun is shining you know, earlier in the year when Fernando's getting podiums every race, like just pencil him in at third or second. And in the meantime, you know, Lance is, you know, c- crashing out in Monaco or not qualifying well or not finishing the points in Miami. Uh, you know, they're, they're still just 22 points behind Mercedes in second in the constructor standings. They, you know, they could be clear number two if while the car was so dominant in, in relation to anybody not Red Bull, you have two competent drivers ba- you know, bagging points, but they just have one person to rely on. So that's yeah. why, you know, Mercedes consistency has allowed them to stay in front. But now the the car's half is competitive. McLaren has caught up. Um you have to you know, at least one of the Aston Martins has to be fighting a Williams in the race now. Um uh, Mercedes is kind of been status quo if you don't, you know, bring something to the table now, you you might fall behind Ferrari if they get their act together. Right. I mean, and so you know, uh, just to round out the field a little bit, uh, AlphaTauri finishing essentially 16 and 17th may sound okay until you realize they're the last two cars that were running. You know, Alpine bad day for them but both of them got taken out essentially they were out they had Ocon had an issue with his car uh Gasly essentially got taken out um and you know the uh, Haas you know just that mix uh Hulk kind of had a little bit of bad luck I feel like maybe missing out on a chance at points he's been delivering around top 10 performance the past couple of weeks and throughout practice and qualifying and so he missed out a little bit there and then just Magnuson doing Magnuson things. But um, I, I, to transition here to whose stick is on the rise and who's on sell now, um, I want to kind of kind of finish off the last point about the race and jump into this. So, Steve, I saw this. I think it was Mika Hakkinen who said it, saying, I'm not impressed by Checo driving through the field to get up in those drives. I'm not impressed by that. Yeah. It's like... You know, uh, that doesn't show me anything. It's not consistency. If you have a good car, you should be able to do that. 
he wasn't impressed by that. And I, you know, I like Checo's ability to do so. It is a skill. Not everyone can. It does help to have a good car. But, you know, if he didn't have to come from the back of the field, would he have been able to podium? Because that's the talk. Everyone, everyone there is saying, even Mercedes and some other the, uh, the top teams, they're like, keep an eye on Checo. He's a threat to podium from the back of the field. Yeah, it, it, if Max had started 15th, he would have won the race. Um, you know, Sergio, he he really benefited. Like, he, he got a couple of rabbit's foot, and it still only got him to 6th place. You know, like, he qualified 16th, but he picked up one place because uh, Valtteri was disqualified from qualifying because his car ran out of fuel and then they couldn't take a sample so he dropped from 15th down to 20th so he picked up a spot before the race even started so some luck there um you know gasly and esteban started the race before him they both ended up dnfing so that that was two spots he picked up um ferrari's terrible strategy and then the safety car you know, all those things kind of like fell into his lap. He wasn't necessarily, uh, you know, beating the door down with overtakes. I, I think he had probably the most overtakes in the race, but only because, you know, he started that far back. Um, and I think he even leads uh, this season in overtakes, but I, I think that's a more telling stat than anything else because. He should be starting second, you know, realistically, and not really being, not taking over anybody. Um, but, you know, he has the most overtakes this year because he keeps starting so far back. He's had some good recovery drives, but that that shouldn't be his, his role at this point. And, um, you know, yeah, he, I, thank, thank goodness Max is so dominant for Red Bull that they don't need his points right now. Right which is just how dominant he is. Um, he makes, you know, he salvages, he salvages bad Saturdays with decent Sundays, right? And he makes lemonade out of lemons, you know, more often than he should. Uh, but does that put you on the hot seat after a while? You know, we've been talking about uh, with Danny in the, in the wings, there's a couple of places he could go as long as he sticks on the Red Bull, which is he could go into Checo's, seat or he could take over uh one of the seats at alfatari now um more well, likely le- than not yeah. yeah more likely than not uh more likely or not it's the rookie who hasn't been doing well and not yuki so you're looking at nick devries and you're looking at checo right um but the rumors seem to be that it's going to be alfatari and it's going to be nick devries's seat and that he might even not make it to zanvor right so that's interesting news that we're hearing out of this week, right? Uh, yeah. Some so, of the you know stuff there, but yeah. Yeah. So so here here's why I got with stock on the rise. Um, Oscar Piastri, obviously coming off this mega race, um, and like I said, his confidence should only build from here. And you know, if McLaren can stay competitive, um, uh, you know, buy stock on Oscar now. Um, second, Alex Albon, obviously getting like b- between Lando, Max, and Alex. I think those three drivers are the ones who get the absolute most out of their cars. And he's getting absolutely everything he can get out of the Williams. And, you know, he's, he's beating Ferraris on pace on the track. Um, and I think that's opening up some doors for him. The the rumors, you know, continue to fly that next year he could be a possible replacement for Carlos Sainz. He could be a possible replacement for Sergio back at Red Bull. You know, he hasn't burned those bridges. Um, and, you know, I think he's done everything he can to prove his place in the sport. And, you know, he'll get an opportunity... I mean, at this point, there's even a case to be made that Williams might be the best place for him. But the fact that he has options and choices now, um, yeah, bye, 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 and Alex Allen. And and third, I have Daniel Ricciardo because um, 
in my people of stock that are tanking right now is Nick DeVries. And like, like we said, it seems like Nick only has two races left. You, you know, he had four. He's finished, um, I think he finished uh, last, last week, was it? Or um, he finished, uh, well, I, I guess he finished 17th. And he finished 17th this week, but he was the last of the running cars. Like, out of everyone who didn't DNF, he was last. Uh, and I know, like, you know, Yuki didn't finish much better, but, you know, he's the guy with an ultimatum. Um, so Daniel up, Nick down. Uh, also, am I stock going down? If people are talking about your your seat next year, Carlos signs, your, your stock is on the way down. Um, and, you, you know, you can you can disagree with me if you want. You know, he is higher than Charles in the standing right now, um, and he he has had some decent consistency, but I feel like twice this year he's missed out on better points because of penalties. Like he caused, uh, he didn't cause the incident in Australia, but you know he he got penalized for for. Uh, overtaking and got a five second penalty and then you know the the race ended so closely that he essentially dropped from seventh down to twelfth and then his penalty in Austria also um, and you know he had some unforced errors last year where the car ended up in the gravel yeah this is I mean I don't question it you're right if someone's talking about your seat right and it's Ferrari and it's Ferrari right someone's talking about your seat then you should be worried, and maybe you're not doing as well as you... And, and again, we know this. It's Charles' team. I know it's probably one of the more equalized teams on the grid, you know, but it's always deference to Charles the past couple of years, much to Carlos's chagrin. And so they're more likely to give up on Carlos than they are Charles, right? So that's the thing that's out there. I mean, like, just looking at the, at the constructor's points... Um, you know, Williams got up uh, to seventh place, uh, and the constructors are tied with Haas. Um, and then it's you know a bit of a distance, although not drastic. I mean, at this point, because well, you're McC- talking forty-seven yeah. points. I mean, to McLaren, you know, doubled their points in this race, so right. And know, depending on how the way strong Ferrari's, they are, yeah, yeah, the way Ferrari's trending and the way McLaren's trending, I easily see you know them probably catching Ferrari, but. Um, I don't know if McLaren can rise up to second or third. They'd have to consistently bring this week after week without other teams making up also. Yeah, that. fourth fourth would have to be their absolute ceiling at this right. point. But for them to finish fourth from where they started would be uh, nearly a championship in its own right. And, you know, with McLaren getting the podium this week, uh, that's six of ten constructors getting a podium this year. So, despite the dominance of Red Bull, and particularly Max Verstappen, we are seeing a little bit of parity and a little bit of every team getting at least a moment in the sun so far. Um, You can argue that uh, with Williams having a pretty decent, like, run right now, um, they're probably... And then even with, like, uh, Nico's incredible, like, qualifying the other day uh i would say eight of the ten teams have probably had a nice moment this year for yeah. something some performance out of their car at um, this at this time last year or i'm sorry for for the entire year there there was only six drivers sorry seven drivers that got a podium right the top three teams uh red bull ferrari mercedes and lando th- those were the seven drivers that got a podium and that was the entire year. We're halfway through, and we already have um, eight drivers with a podium. And, and I think the upside for a few more drivers to do so. There well, are some I drivers mean, on this grid who could possibly sneak in with the cars they have. Yeah, you look at the top. It's, it's just Carlos and Lance who are in the top ten who don't have a podium, and their teammates have podium if not once multiple times actually yes multiple times because charles has two and fernando has six well you mentioned lance i, I don't know if he has a chance this year I just, i've been gutting him hard but, I, but carlos it, certainly has had car, a consistent that, car yeah, yeah that, that's a podium winning car 
So I, I I find it interesting. You pretty much hit on a lot of the same. We didn't discuss like who's up and who's down, but you pretty much hit on the same people that I was looking at as who's up and who's down. I, I only um, had one more who was down, or, or who who I have as stock going down. Uh, that's K Mag. Yeah, you know I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't question you on that. You know he 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 did have an engine failure in qualifying, and then they put in a new engine uh, or, or the was the engine failure in Austria or no, no it was, yeah it was yeah this this qualifying had an engine failure then had one in the race I, I understand that he's driving a Haas I get it but he's got that hot headedness again that we've seen where he's fighting a little bit too hard um you know he's fighting with nick debris seemingly every week and not not only is it not good to keep running in with the same guy but essentially the last driver on the grid um meanwhile your teammate is nearly making it into q3 every week he's just taking you behind the woodshed qualifying um and he's the one scoring you know nobody's scoring consistent points below um, Alpine but he he's bringing home the majority of the points and you know I I think if it's a continuing trend you know Haas, Haas might be looking for you know an alternative so that that was the last guy I had as, as stock going down those are my three up and three down no and I I think that's fair um, uh Alban and Piastri definitely, I think, were there for me. Um, on the rise up, like I, I will just I'll throw in Logan Sargent because I feel like he's starting to. He goes, and maybe that's just because Nick's been so bad as my one on the down. Um, well, you know, the, the feel, first couple of practice sessions, you, you know, Williams was was up there. You know, Alex was in the top three. I think all three practice sessions, and you know, Logan was up there in the top five. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like Logan has done enough to get the heat off of him. They're not going to swap him out with Mick next week. You know what I mean? But Nick <laughs> at least Therese not next might week. get snuffed out. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? So, like, he goes, Nick looks like his is imminent, whereas, you know, it looked like Logan was going to get the first replacement on the grid this year. Um, and it looks like he might actually get to another American race uh, if he can keep this up. And uh, so those are my three up. And then, you know, DeVries obviously on the way down. I would say um, Lance Stroll on the way down, just inconsistent. And I would say Checo is on the way down, right? Just, I don't care how many times you can pull it out of your ass. It just doesn't doesn't make it at this point. You, you should be doing better. And um, I guess it's nice because it allows other teams to uh, get enough points to be competitive, but... Yeah, uh, he, he would have to recover with a podium to have like another week of... I don't want to say silence, but you know, to to not have the narrative beyond him a little bit again, right? You know, if where you, if he goes, where where his qualifying didn't hurt his expected performance on the track that week, right? Because uh, he's supposed to podium every week in that car with his talent and with that car, he should be podium. And he goes, I found this uh, I, quick question before we go to our uh, revisiting our predictions. I saw this on social media. Of the top five teams, theoretically, and we'll call them Red Bull, Mercedes, uh, McLaren, Aston Martin, and Ferrari. Of those team pairings, who would you rank number one as a team pairing? I mean, I, not not to sound biased, but I, you know, it's Mercedes. Mercedes has, I I think the most consistent two drivers. They might not be the best two drivers. I think Max is clearly the best, but Checo brings him so far down as far as a pairing. Uh, obviously, we have to throw out Aston Martin, um, and I think Oscar's a rookie, so that makes it tough. To me, it's between Mercedes and Ferrari as the two best, but I would go Mercedes. Yeah, i say most consistent, and we've seen, you know... George Russell 
do a pretty good job in a bad Williams car. Um, and so I just think that you've seen that consistency. You've seen inconsistency, I think, from Carlos at every stop he's been at. And Charles has had little bugaboos here and there that have cost him from being really top-notch. Um, I did see, though, uh, Max has more points than anybody by himself. He doesn't need Checo. He's the best team by himself. And I wouldn't also I would I would accept that answer, uh, but I do think it's Mercedes, and it's not here to just for us Mercedes homers to sit there and be like, oh Mercedes. I just thought it in, an interesting question at this point that uh, for for comparison's sake, that how good Max is. I actually use this as a point to show you how good Max is and how lucky that Red Bull team is to have Max be so strong, because as a pair they're pretty solid. I like Checo. I always have. It's just this year has been a bit disappointing. And I think, you know, any had Checo not have this bad performance that we've seen this year with qualifying and then trying to salvage it every weekend, um, you would easily say Red Bull. But Mercedes with Lewis and then with the consistency of George these last two years, um, you're like, it's Mercedes. They may not be the best team on the track, um, but they do have the best driver pairing. Yeah, I mean, over the last five races... Aside from Max, because we always have to say aside from Max, um, the driver with the most points over the last five races has been Lewis. You know, uh, Fernando's kind of fallen off a little. I, I, I hate to say falling off. He has two second places over the last five races, but the Aston hasn't been as competitive. Uh, and, you know, Sergio's had his, you know, really, really bad rough streak going on right now that started in Monaco so these five races um, has allowed Lewis to kind of ascend a little bit he's picked up three podiums in five races and also had a fourth you know w- without the you know outlier of Austria I, I I think it's flying a little bit under the radar how good he's been in the past or or in in the recent races yeah so I I think you know, it's weird because Lewis is such a great driver all time. You look at it, and it's um, it's just interesting because he's not definitely having his best season. I wouldn't say it's anything with Lewis. I I don't necessarily see. I don't think we're seeing any like loss in ability from Lewis. It's hard to tell with the car um, because you'd like to know that. If he was definitely in a rocket ship of a car, a car that could, you know, a couple of years ago that could compete, it was the best car on the track, or was a car that could definitely compete with the best cars on the track, then you could tell if there's some slippage or some issue. But you can't really in this car, unfortunately. But I think he's gotten the best out of this car that he can. Yeah, uh, so he's definitely still a savvy driver, if not on top of his game. You know. Yeah, I I think we have to lay a lot of the blame. At, at Mercedes, and it's, it's not being a, a Lewis apologist or, you know, blindly in fandom. I, you know, you look who's competing right now. It, McLaren is, was, this past weekend, better than Mercedes. Um, Aston Martin has been better than Mercedes the first, you know, seven, eight races of the year, seven races. Um, and, you know, even... You know, Williams isn't better than Mercedes right now, but those are the three Mercedes-powered teams, the three customer teams, Williams, Aston Martin, McLaren, and they've been better or as good as Mercedes at varying points of the year. And the, the one thing you can pull as, like, a difference is that going back to the new regulations when they started... At the beginning of 2022, you know, Mercedes was was the only one to do their zero side pod concept. Um, Other teams followed a little bit closely because we're Mercedes customer teams. We have the same engine, the same gearbox, the same rear suspension architecture. So it makes sense to follow that. But they all broke from that mold quicker than Mercedes did. They said, okay, you know what? This isn't going to work for us. We're going to start taking a look at what Red Bull's doing. And 
Uh, you know, Aston Martin really did it first. They got you know laughed at for being the green Red Bull, just like they were the pink Mercedes. Uh, McLaren's concept of car uh, at the British Grand Prix is very, very close to what Red Bull's doing in their body shape. They're the only ones who have the you know push rod suspension um, shared in that same way, and. Even Williams abandoned that concept and started developing side pods that were more like Red Bull. Mercedes held on to it until like six races into this year. And these other teams had dropped that and had a head start on developing a new concept last year. If Mercedes had abandoned their stubbornness and looked in the mirror and realized that they needed to make a change at the same time, they could be race winners at this point I think would be the same I don't think they would be necessarily challenging for the championship but they would have better results and more trophies than falling behind teams further down the grid because you know they pulled their head out of the sand and said this obviously doesn't work and I guess they don't have to be as tied to the concept and you know it's paying off now for McLaren it paid off for Aston Martin and Williams is on the rise and now Mercedes has to look around at guys with their same engine and now it's a you know it's a it's a chassis race because you all have the same power yeah I mean if you if you theoretically say Mercedes has the same glow up as McLaren did this weekend you would maybe think uh you know, not necessarily apples to apples, but Mercedes would be able to maybe keep pace with the Red Bull on certain tracks and maybe win during pitch strategy or whatever. Um, I would think, right? Yeah, you know, if, if they if they threw away zero side pod before the season started, had the concept they have now when they this you know in in Bahrain week one and had all the learnings leading up to this point, which you know their car is probably best suited for Silverstone than anywhere else. Yeah, they should have been looking at a double podium this week. Yeah, and you know, I guess I was gonna jokingly say Max is on the uh, is on sell now because he only won by three point seven <laughs> seconds this week. But safety car aided. Yeah, safety car aided. But I mean, like this is this is where we're at. You know, um, it, and I think you know Mercedes was the most stubborn in saying that our new car is you know. Uh, good enough but it wasn't and Lewis has been vocal about saying they didn't listen to me and you know uh, I, I always like when Lewis is like investigating the cars when he gets out on the podium he's always in lanes like alright what's different what's new he goes what what can I add to my car so we can get better like why are these cars so much fucking faster than me right um, but yeah at this, at this point it's just it's, it's interesting had Toto sucked it up at some point last year saying this car isn't it. Right. And uh, where the saying, Mercedes would be this year. Yeah, instead of saying, like, we have to make it work. I mean, I, I, I think ultimately it's encouraging. I think at this point, no one thinks anyone else is going to be the world champion and no one else is going to win the Constructors' Championship. We understand that. I think all we're hoping for now is to be, you know, surprised week to week on who is competitive I you know I I think we're at that point I think this race you know showed that um I think there was only maybe 26 overtakes in total in the race which like you know it's not a lot you know uh the race was okay but and you know most of those overtakes were Carlos falling back behind people. <laughs> yeah. but Carlos helping a lot of people out, and Checo I, I, having to drive to the front with a much better car. But it exactly, but I, you know, they're so like evenly matched now that it's not a lot of faster cars leap, leapfrogging slower cars. There's kind of buildups to battles and you know uh, fights that last a couple corners, a couple laps, and you know, and I think that's what we're looking for. If if Williams can keep this trajectory going, you know we're we're like um, two months out from going to to Monza. Their car being so fast in a straight line and that track being the closest thing to an oval right now, I I dare say 
Alex can pull out a podium in Italy. Uh, I, I think he's on podium watch. If they got to keep the same trajectory um, of development and, and you know making the car faster, but he he's on podium watch for me in a couple weeks, and I, I think we could end up with you know uh, close to a dozen podium winners by the time we finish up the year. That'd be exciting, and you know I I think it would be very fitting for it'd be nice to see Williams get on the podium. Nice to see them do it with Alex. Um, and if that doesn't seal the deal for um, Carlos Sainz after a much bad continued race for the rest of the season, then I don't know what would. But uh, let's visit our bold predictions or revisit our bold predictions this past week, Steve. Uh, how did we do? Well, uh, we did well, which is uh, you know a little bit of a positive for me and a little bit of negative for me at the same time because I was trying to you know, gain ground as you're seven points ahead. Um, but we both had Max winning, trying to, you know, wonder twin power our curse. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't work. So we each got a point for Max winning. So we might as well bank points if he's going to win. Um, we had a similar prediction as far as a podium finisher. I said we'd have a British driver on the podium. So I get two points for that, right? One for each driver. I'll give it to you if you really want it. Oh, no, it's fine. Um, yeah, you you called out Lewis. You got it. Um, I, I would have been in the points with either Lando or Lewis. So uh, you tried to throw some extra mojo in there by saying Charles would win, and he won ninth place. Yeah, I think I reverse jinxed Charles, and it didn't work on Max. So I need to be careful about where I throw my – my reverse jinx. I told you I will do this every week. So, so someone's getting the reverse jinx next week too, but uh, we'll see who that is. Yep. And I, I had a Haas getting points and I felt fairly comfortable going into the race. Nico's a good qualifier and he qualified 11th. Um, so he's starting just outside the points. And, you know, un- unfortunately, uh, you know, Checo passed him and then kind of, cut across him after he passed him, clipped his front wing, so his wing was broken, so he was the first person in the pits. Um, you know, so he fell way back behind, and, you know, the safety car didn't even necessarily give him a leg up when it came out, and he ultimately finished 13th. So, no points for me there, so we'll each add two to the tally. Yeah, um... It's uh, interesting to see, like, some of our predictions seem really good at the beginning, and then, like, qualifying happens, and then you <laughs> just see, like, damn it. And then, like, you know, shit happens, like, with, uh, with Hulk, right? I, I thought your Haas prediction was pretty solid. You know, um... I thought Charles was pretty solid. I thought he might be sneaking around there. I just had so many guys I thought could take the podium this week um, and people that I'd like to see the podium. I did almost say Lando instead of Lewis um, to be more bold. Uh, But I felt like Lewis was going to get in there too, and I just didn't know if they would get two Brits on there. So I didn't want to gamble and say two or one or the other. Uh, so I went with Lewis, and it worked out. Going with Lewis is always solid to get a podium. He, he was one of the best drivers of all time. But um, I did almost go with Lando, and it would have been probably a nice killer victory for me on here, but only still counting as one point. But um, I did want to say I had a little bit of belief in Lando. He surpassed my belief a whole hell of a lot more than this. I didn't think it was going to be this good. Um, but uh, I, I hope that's good. I, I like Lando, and uh, I'm rooting for McLaren. Um, to uh, get back in the fold. It's nice when McLaren's good. Yeah, I mean, uh, you have to remember there there was a time before Red Bull and Mercedes. Like, they, they have won, you know, all the championships since uh, 2010. Um, there, but before this era of these two teams dominating... Uh, it was Ferrari, McLaren, and Williams. Those were the three teams, year in and year out, that uh, competed for the championship, both drivers and constructors. And, you know, they've 
fallen on hard times, you know, in, in a couple of different cycles since then. So uh, it, it is a little nostalgic to see those teams fighting amongst themselves again. Uh, and, you know, especially Alex. I, I, I was, after the practice sessions, I really thought I was going to end up buying, you know, Williams merch. Because I said if he got on the podium, I'd buy it. He got awfully, awfully close. Um, You've been awfully close this year. Awfully yeah. close. A couple of times. So, And uh, let, let's not forget that Daniel Ricciardo does a tire test Tuesday for Red Bull. So it would be a first time getting into uh, you know, the, the Red Bull car of this new generation. So yeah, exciting what, to see what the results of that you know, will tell us. That's what Helmut keeps kind of joking every time. Is he keeps like every time they ask, he's like, "Well, we got the tire tests, and we'll know after the tire tests." You're like, "All right, whatever." I, I just think they're making sure that Danny doesn't blow up, right? You know, Danny is progressing like they think. They don't want to predict that he'll keep progressing. They just want to see him do it. Um, as long as Danny crosses all the T's and dots all the I's, I think he's in one of those Red Bull cars this year, most likely an Alphatari, um, and you know. Uh, giving you one of the long season points. Um, but don't remember your exact prediction. Is it that he races this year or that he races in a Red Bull? Um, I, I'll give it to you either way. Just, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I definitely thought that we would have, uh, I, I think it was 22 drivers or 24. I can't, can't remember. Somewhere in there that, you know, I thought we would have, you know, some drivers out for COVID that we'd have like test drivers come in and race. Um, so I thought like, you know, maybe Lee and Lawson would get a shot in one of the Red Bull seats and Danny would get a shot. And, you know, so that, that was one. And I did have Danny finishing, um, I think maybe 14th in the championship. Like he'd get enough points to, to beat out you know, six or seven other guys. Uh, whether or not I specifically said Red Bull, I don't quite remember. I, I, I'm pretty sure I talked about like you know Sergio was going to get dropped, and you know that's why Danny was there, or or I definitely thought Yuki was going to be the driver more at risk at AlphaTauri um, because he had been there longer, and maybe because he had been there longer, he would have been under more pressure, and they'd have a little bit more leeway with the rookie, but. Uh, I was a little off with that one. Yeah, I, I think it was definitely, you know, we were thinking the Checo magic wears off and that's how it goes. Um, but no, I'm uh, I'm excited to see Danny back on the grid when it happens. I hate that it's at the expense of a rookie's opportunity to finish the season, but that's F1. And I think there's no time better to end our cast on than to say that's f1 so for for the red white and blue flags f1 podcast i'm ryan vasquez and i'm steve mcnally and we will catch you next time across the line